Why is songwriting so hard? It feels like such a small thing. A song has what? 200 words of lyrics, tops, and then music. You basically have music for a verse, for a chorus, and then maybe a bridge. Some songs you might go crazy and have like a finale or some other part, but for the most part, it seems like writing a song should be a straightforward process that shouldn't be so hard and that shouldn't take so long. So why, at the end of the day, is songwriting still so hard? We're gonna talk about that right now. friend. Welcome to another episode of Songwriter Theory. Today, we are going to talk about why is songwriting so hard? I think there are three major reasons why songwriting can be so hard. Because again, it seems like it should be a simple thing, but sometimes it takes us so long to write a song. Sometimes we may have droughts of months without writing songs. And sometimes we're just overwhelmed by the idea of like, I have nothing and I need to get to a full song. How do I get from A to Z? Because I don't even really know where A is. So how can I possibly get to Z if I don't know where I am with A? Big reason number one, you don't have a process. I know. Creatives everywhere are like, man, I gotta be free. I don't want any processes. Screw science, right? Like, I get it. But the reality is that process can help everyone. And at some point, it's hubris that you think, oh, I I, I don't need a process. I'm, I just I just like wait for the muse to visit me, man. Like, come on. How often does that happen? It happens sometimes, and it's great when it happens, but you need to be writing songs regardless of how often the muse is visiting you. So even as a creative, you can't be just fully free. You need some version of a process that will actually help set you free creatively, because now you at least know sort of the steps to writing a song. You at least have some idea of like, okay, I currently have this random melody over here and I sort of know some next steps I can take in order to build that into a song, which I often refer to as song building. Songwriting is often sort of song building. They're a little different in my mind, but like song building is this idea of like I have a part and then I need to build more off of it, which is really what songwriting is, right? But for me, at least the, the idea of building sort of has a little bit more of a construction, almost scientific vibe of like, it's not just this weird ethereal process that magically happens, right? Because I think to some extent, we all sort of have writing as this fantasy process. Like, even though we know that the books we enjoy went through constant revision and is not even close to whatever the author wrote down the first time, we still have this delusion sometimes in our head of like, writing is just like, oh, he just, Robert Frost just wrote this brilliant poem first draft and it's already great and he never did anything else like that's that's not how it works though you've probably heard the phrase writing is editing before and that is very very true so if you don't have a process you're going to find yourself often staring at a blank page right because you don't even know where to start you don't know where you're going you you've written maybe a song or two maybe you've even written 10 songs but you still don't really have an idea of 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 a process, right? You still just sort of sit there with your guitar or your keyboard or piano or whatever else you may use for songwriting, ukulele maybe, 
And then you might stare at a Google Doc or you stare at your little notebook and you're like, hmm, Muse, please endow me with a song. Bless me today, Muse. Give me a song. Right. But that's just that's just hoping for magic. That's that's delusion. And sometimes it happens. Right. Like I'm not I'm not I'm not saying it doesn't happen. Just like sometimes you write a full song start to finish and it's great in 30 minutes. Sometimes that happens. That's just very much the exception. So not having a process is sort of like not knowing what street you're on and not really knowing when the turn is, right? You're just, you're lost, right? You just, you don't, you have no idea of your surroundings. You're just going by your gut and you're like, uh, I think, uh, this, this seems maybe right. I don't know the street name. I don't know what street I'm on. I don't know the street I'm trying to find, but like, that looks like it's in the general right area. Let me try that. And then you're lost for hours. Whereas knowing where you are and where you need to turn is, is some level of having a process, right? You have maybe this process of like, okay, I start with a song idea, right? And a song idea can be many different things, right? A song idea could be a little piano riff. A song idea could be a little melody. It could be a lyrical concept. It could be the, an idea for a theme, right? Like there's so many different places to start, uh, some people call them song seeds, right? Because they're the seed that develops into a song. And then knowing from there, like sort of some version of a process to get to the song. It doesn't have to be a like, what, I, what I'm not saying. Let me make this very clear. What I'm not saying here is that you should have a stringent process where you are like, I write melody first with the keyboard. And then I pick up my guitar and I figure out the chords for it. And then... That's the first verse. Then I go to the chorus. Like that is not what I'm saying, right? The reality of create the reality of creativity in writing is it's sort of this blend of you want to take some things from sort of the sciences and stuff with like process and efficiency, but you also have to understand that sometimes the muse comes and goes at will. Some days you're going to put in the work and it's going to turn out to be like you don't get anything done. Other days you know, you'll work for 10 minutes and get a ton done. And there really was no difference between the days, except that the muse was a little kinder to you one day than the other day. Like, so it's not a perfect science here. It's, it's, it's this, it's this blend, but to completely ignore process and to completely ignore efficiency things is also a little bit ignorant. So you want to balance these things. At the end of the day, a process really just frees you up to be creative because now you at least know the road that you're on. So now, because you know the road you're on and you know the direction so well to get from A to B that you actually can take tons of different roads to get there because you already know where you are and where you're going and the different turns you can take to get there. So that frees you up to choose, like, I'm going to take the scenic route or, Oh, I'm going to take the, the highway efficiency way. And you know, you, you might, you might even make a couple stops along the way because you're like, oh, I know where I'm going and I know that I'm about 50 minutes from the destination and I know that there's this sweet ice cream stand over here. So let's let's stop there. It, it just frees you up to be more creative when, when you have an idea of process from A to Z. Some version of when I sit down to songwrite, what am I doing? What does that mean besides staring at a blank page? I really hope it's not staring at a blank page. There should be some semblance of, am I generating ideas, right? Am I like song seeds or do I have a bunch of song seeds and I'm starting to develop a lyric or I'm starting to develop the chords around a melody? Like where, where am I in this process with all these different songs? 
um, which I talk a lot about process for lyric writing in my six-step lyric writing checklist. You can pick that up down below in the description, or you can also go to, I did a live stream a couple of days ago, actually, on that same subject. Go check that out. It is on YouTube. If you're listening via podcast, you'll have to go to the YouTube channel, which is also Songwriter Theory. If you are on YouTube, then I will hopefully put that link in the description or something, or just go to the channel and find it. Um, But reason number two, you don't know any music theory. I know. You didn't like the first thing I said, and you probably don't like this one either. I get it. You don't want to learn music theory. You think it's purely academic knowledge. And you're one of those people that's like, the Beatles didn't know music theory. Allegedly. Just because something works out for someone else doesn't mean it's a good idea. Right? Like this idea that, oh, someone's successful, therefore everything they did was the best thing to do is ridiculous. Right? A lot of people do really stupid things on the way to success. A lot of people, however successful they were, they might have been more successful if they did more of the right things, right? Like, there are plenty of examples throughout the world. And I, to me, to me, the biggest example that always comes to mind for me is in athletics. Because in athletics, whenever there's a draft of a sport, there's sort of this idea, and you're drafted based on your talent, right? And and how good people think you're going to be. And some, like sixth-round draft picks, will end up being great players, and then some first-round draft picks will bust and be out of the league in four years, right? That's an example of, like, they had all the tools, but they didn't use it. And then the sixth-round pick really didn't, and yet they learned all the right things, They figured out the mental side of the game. They figured out what to play to their strengths, probably, because they're probably limited strengths if they were drafted in the sixth round, not necessarily, but probably. And, you know, you can can always look at players and think, okay, they they reach their max potential and other players don't, right? Like the biggest, if you follow football at all, Randy Moss should have been the greatest wide receiver of all time. He's easily the most talented. And the fact that he wasn't the greatest wide receiver of all time actually ticked off Jerry Rice because he said, this guy's so much more talented than me. It's ridiculous. He's not clearly better. Um, So music theory fits into that for me. Little caveat here. I am against purely academic knowledge. Very much. In fact, I have a whole podcast where I talked about why songwriters don't need to know music history. Like, I can't stand when people are like, well, you, you, you play rock, though. How do you not know this Zeppelin song? How do you not know this Beatles song? Because I don't give a rip about those bands. Like, why do I need to like certain bands in order to be valid at writing a certain song style? Like, that's ridiculous, right? I have my own sound, and my own sound does not directly derive from those artists. So who cares? I don't care what they did. I might not even like those artists much. And this idea that, like, we need to study what all these successful bands did. Why? Why? History tells us, first of all, success is a weird word, and I don't really want to go into that. But, like, there are so many factors at play in the idea that, like, oh, if you copy them who are successful— That will be a good thing. Like, no, it won't be a good thing because nobody wants a second-rate Beatles. They might want a first-rate you, though, right? Because every artist who's ever made it is pretty much a first-rate themselves. 
which is what makes them special, right? The only thing that makes you and I unique in this entire world, the only thing that makes you and I unique is ourselves, right? The, the only thing that is unique to me is me, my, my whole, the way I talk, the way I think, the way I process emotions as a songwriter, the way I write my melodies, right? That's the only thing that is unique to me. Everything else, we're all just sort of taking different things from different places and inspiration from different places. The only thing unique about you is your, your self, your DNA, if you will. Um, so I'm not for just academic knowledge, but the idea that all music theory is academic knowledge is ridiculous. It is asinine. It is an ignorant opinion that if you have, I hope this will help change your mind because it's truly ridiculous. If you've ever been in a position where you play chords and you're like, hmm, this part of the melody doesn't quite fit with the song. I can't quite put my finger on it, but part of this melody sounds wrong. Or you gravitate towards the same couple chords because those are really the only chords that you know go together, right? And you use wording like that, go together, right? Which is already a sign that you probably don't know theory because it's a weird way of wording that if you do know theory. But um, you know, or maybe you think to yourself, this chord seems a bit off. It doesn't quite go with some of the other chords, but I don't know why. Usually these chords seem to sound kind of good together, but because of the melody, it doesn't quite sound right. What's going on? If you've ever had any of those questions, it's because you don't know music theory. If you knew music theory, it'd be very straightforward because there are four main pillars that I always talk about that I think... Look, there's music theory that is non-important, that is purely academic knowledge for the most part, and unless you're diving into some crazy classical stuff, doesn't matter, right? There's a lot of that. That's true of any subject, though, right? I mean, like, no matter what your job is, what your things are, there is some level of knowledge that becomes purely academic, right? Like, for example, people who are really into computer parts or, or tech, like cameras, right? There are certain things that are important to know, maybe like ISO and, and field of vision and stuff. But then once we get into like these crazy specs of like black levels, this blah, 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 right? For like a TV, the, the black light levels or black, light, I forget what it's called, but you know, all these little specs or whatever, useless, most of that's useless. Look at the TV. Does it look right? And I'm not saying that there isn't some value to those stats, but half of them are made up anyway. And so no matter what we're talking about, there is a large section of knowledge that's largely useless to most people, right? Like there, of course, some people need to know those details, but most of us really don't. And the same thing's true of music theory, right? You as a songwriter don't need to know really advanced things like, oh, exactly what a French chord is. And, and, and you might not even need to know modes depending on, on what type of music you write. I think it would be helpful to know modes, but I don't think you really need to know that. It could be helpful though. What you do need to know are these four pillars that I talk about in another free guide where I talk about those four pillars that every songwriter needs to know about music theory. I'll put the link in the description below, but it's basically keys, intervals, chords and chord progressions. Those are the four pillars you need to know. If you don't know those, like if you can't speak like, okay, I'm, this song is in the key of C, which means that the notes I have to work with are C, D, um, E, F, G, A, B, no sharps or flats, right? So that, that was a bad example. Let's, let's take the key of E, right? 
So I know in the key of E, I have E, F sharp, G sharp, A, B, C sharp, D sharp, and then back to E. I also know that, assuming this is E major for the record, that I, I also know that my one chord, which is my home chord, it's my most powerful chord, is going to be an E major chord because I'm in the key of E major and that's the one chord. I know that the five chord is going to be the B major chord. I know the sixth chord is going to be a minor chord, going to be very useful. Probably the most often used minor chord in the key is that sixth chord is going to be a C sharp minor chord. I know that my four chord is an A major chord, and I know that those are the main chords I want to work with. And I also understand that fundamentally all four chords, for the most part, in any key will sound the same, right? Like it's not important that you're playing an A chord. Because an A chord in the key of E major sounds completely different than an A chord in the context of a song that is in the key of A major, right? In one, it's a four chord, and, and in one, it's a one chord. If you think I am talking in some other language, go grab that free guide. Everything I just said will make sense after that. But this is stuff that you really, really, really need to understand. It makes songwriting so much faster, more efficient. You understand these sort of parameters you have to work with. And look, I get it. You're like, oh, I don't want to like rules, blah, blah, blah. You need to know rules to know how to break them, right? If you don't even know the rules, then you can't break them in a smart way, right? I'm not saying like you can never use a note that's outside of your key. Of course you can, but you need to understand what you're doing and have some foundational knowledge so that you know when you're going outside of the rules and that you at least understand like, oh, okay, because I'm going outside of the rules, that should give me some pause and be like, okay, well, is this a good idea? And maybe it is, right? Some, it's often a good thing to break the rules, but you can't break rules that you don't even know, or at least you can, but you can't do it in a wise way. So you wouldn't write lyrics in a language you don't know, right? So why would you write music in a language you don't know? And if you don't know any music theory, like the real basics, like what is in a key, the notes in, in keys, or intervals or chords and chords specifically in context of a key, like when I said one chord, four chord, if that means nothing to you, then you don't even know the basics. So you're trying to write music in a language that you do not know. So I guess you should start writing songs in Chinese or some language you don't know. I don't know if you know Chinese. If you do and you're on YouTube, let me know in the comments. That's impressive. I hear it's like the hardest language to learn. Reason number three why songwriting is so hard. You aren't using the right tools. I think one of the most common things, especially in beginner songwriters that I see over and over and over again, is they think the right way to write a song is to grab their guitar, figure out a chord progression, or more likely pick the like four chords that they know go together and figure out a new different rhythm to do with those same old four chords. Maybe they change up the order a little bit and then they sort of sing a melody on top until they find something they like. Is there anything wrong with writing music that way? No, but I do think it's one of the weaker ways to write a song for a myriad of reasons. One is I've been on the record to say, look, Sometimes you can start a song with a chord progression, but 
Generally speaking, songwriting is a funnel. I have a whole podcast about this. Feel free to check it out. And by that, I mean, so a funnel, right? At the top is wide and it gets narrower over time. So the idea is at the top, you have all this room for creativity, right? At the top, the world is your oyster, right? You can pick any key the song is in, any rhythm, any tempo, any any chords, any melodic notes, right? You have no rules basically to start, right? But over time, as you make choices, you have fewer and fewer choices that, like, options, right? Like, for example, once you pick the key, you're now sort of restricted in what notes you have to work with. Then once you write the melody, you're sort of restricted what chords you can choose to have under that melody. Or if you write the chords, you're restricted in what melody you can write, right? And then... You know, once you have, say, a rhythm and chords and and a tempo, right? Like, you can only fit so many syllables of words in there. So that sort of limits what you can do lyrically, right? So every single decision you make gives you less creative room, which is fine. But we shouldn't be wasting infinite room in creativity on something as, eh, as a chord progression, And yes, eh, being a technical term, just saying. So here's a little test for you. Think of your favorite song. What is this chord progression? Do you even know? Could you even hum your favorite chords, your favorite song's chord progression? Maybe, because it's your favorite song, you've probably heard it a million times. And maybe it is one of those songs that has a chord progression that sticks out because maybe it really is that great. But most songs, the only reason a chord progression might stick out is because, oh, it's another one, five, six, four. Are you kidding me? But you know what I know you know about your favorite song? You know the lyrics, I would hope, if you're a songwriter. Unless you just write music without lyrics, then fine. Maybe you're one of those people that doesn't care about lyrics. But do us all a favor. If you don't care about lyrics, don't write lyrics, please. Because your lyrics will end up being garbage, and nobody wants that. We have enough garbage lyrics in the world. That's what pop music's for. Anyway, so you know the lyrics, and you know the melody, right? You can sing the song. In fact, when you do sing the song, there are no chords, but there's still melody and lyrics, right? Like those, those are so much more important than chord progression. They just are. Yes, sometimes you can write a really great chord progression, but for the most part, chords are a supplemental role. They help add color to the melody, right? They they color the melody a certain way. If you have a C note with an A minor chord versus a C note with a C major chord, that's going to sound radically different. It's, and it's going to contextualize that note of the melody one way or the other, right? The A minor might have a darker, more more suspect tone, right? Whereas whereas the C major with a C is just going to sound strong, probably. Depends on context, what key you're in, all that, but we won't go down that road. So starting your song by grabbing a guitar, picking some of your favorite chords, and just writing a chord progression is like the weakest way to start a song. Maybe... Try writing a song or starting to write a song with your voice first. 
right? Improvise a melody with no chords to hold you back, right? Because maybe you gravitate towards some of the same chords and the same chord progressions over and over again, and you wonder why your melodies all sound the same and they're kind of boring, because you're just sort of improvising a melody over the sort of same chords, right? Like, of course it comes out sounding the same. You're doing this, this very limited way of writing songs you're committing to, rather than trying different things, right? Like, write a guitar riff first, write a bass line first, write a piano part first, write your melody on the keyboard first. That's one of my favorite ways to write a melody is using a keyboard because you can like visualize it. Whereas you can't, you can't visualize maybe if you have perfect pitch, you can, but for most of us, you can't like visualize a me- you can feel like you do, but you really don't visualize a melody in your head. Like you're probably not thinking, ooh, I'm going to go up a major sixth and then you do that, right? You're just sort of improvising and doing stuff, whereas you can look at a keyboard and be like, a minor six will be interesting and just do it. So use the right tools, right? Like it's probably not playing to your tool's strength if you're coming up with the melody of your song with your guitar, unless you're a really, really good guitarist, right? If you're a real lead guitarist, then that might be the right way to go. And if you're a strong keyboard player, then maybe coming up with a melody with keyboards might on average have some better results than you insisting on writing a melody by just singing, right? Like use your imagination a little bit, figure out what instruments and what tools you can use to to sort of best fit into your process and to, to have, to have the right results. Right. Um, the other thing is we live in the 21st century. So if you are sitting thinking, Hmm, what words rhyme with light? Then your thought is probably instantly well night. And then you decide to have the most unoriginal rhyme of all time, which by the way, sometimes can be fine, right? Like we shouldn't just avoid something just because it's been overdone because sometimes it really works and it fits, but you're going to keep going to the same rhymes that are just eye roll worthy. If you don't use a tool to go find words that rhyme with the words you're working with, right? You're just going to keep going to the obvious one because it's the only one you're going to think of, right? Light night, light night, like to even think of a third one takes effort and you might not even do that. RhymeZone.com is great. You put in a word, it tells you all the words that rhyme and then the words that kind of rhyme. And then it also does it by syllable, right? It gives you two syllable words that rhyme, three syllables, which is really nice for songwriting, right? Because we care about syllables because we have a certain melody to work this into. So that's one online tool modern day tool to use, right? It's not cheating to do that. There's no cheating. We are creating. We are, we are, we are writing music. Okay. So don't have some, some like, Oh, well, it's not like, Oh, we got to just write everything on paper and like, stop it. Stop it. Use the tools that we have that, that allow it, the process to go easier for us, that allow us to be more creative. Second one, thesaurus.com. It's great for taking a word that you think, this is not a very vibrant word. This is not a very interesting word. And then finding a more interesting word that means sort of the same thing, right? I've talked before about happy, sad, worthless words, right? If you have the word happy or sad in your song, like, 
Again, sometimes it works, but for the most part, like, what, what even is sad, right? Like, sad can be so many different things. It's, it's like the word love, right? I love cake. I love my wife. I hope those two things are extraordinarily different, right? But it's the same word. So, but the word adore, right? Adore is technically a synonym with love, but it's, it's a very different side to it, Right? Adore and love, love is just generic, right? You could love anything. Like, I love recording this podcast right now. I love you guys for listening, right? Like, I, I, I love my wife. Like, hopefully these are all very different things. Adore, though, that's getting a little more specific. That's a little bit more of a, a word that sort of gives you, gives you a, a visual, right? So thesaurus.com is going to give you things like that. Or like despairing instead of sad, right? Like the despair is a very much more precise word than sad. And again, sometimes the simple word is going to be the way to go. But often you want more vibrant, more meaningful words that like convey images. Despair. You can like see somebody crying over somebody that died or a loss of a loved one. Whereas sad, like, I, I don't know. I mean, you could be just somebody who's sad that like, the day's over and today was a good day. You're not really despairing. You're just like, oh man, the concert's over now. I'm kind of sad, right? Like it, it doesn't give you much of a, a visual the way that say despair would. Recording software is another one. Huge, 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 huge. Because here's the thing. You now with recording software can put it up you can record a little part and then you can just put it on loop and then record another part right you can start to build a song you can write maybe a piano riff so i'll take something that i do very often i'll write a piano riff that i like record it and then i'll edit it because you know if i just wrote it then it's probably not exa- i didn't play it perfectly probably so i edit it so that it's played perfectly or close. And then I go to the next step, which is like, okay, let me like improvise a melody, different melodies over that until I find a melody that I like, which I'm also recording, which also then stays on my computer, right? So instead of making it this difficult process of like, oh, I keep going to my guitar because it's the instrument easiest for me to like play chords and sing at the same time, like who cares? Record a thing, And then you don't like I'm not thinking about playing my piano riff when I'm coming up with my melody. Right. And if 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 I've already decided that I'm generally better at writing melodies with a keyboard, with a piano than I am with my voice, it, it doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't matter that like, oh, well, like I can't play a keyboard part and write a melody at the same time. Yes, you can, because you can record it. Right. And you can you can record 10 parts and still keep layering on parts that you're writing without having to play all those other things. So why limit yourself to like, oh, well, I got to just strum a guitar and figure out the melody over the top. Stop it. We have tools now. There's recording software. Reaper is free to use. And it's $60 to buy. Very nice recording software. I've always used it. I think it's great. It's simple. It's, It's good. Go get it. Highly recommend. And then, this is especially helpful to people like me, 
who don't usually think rhythmically. And I, I, I rhythm is sort of the my least concern. I'm more concerned with an emotional melody and then chords that pair right with it and the lyrics being awesome. And then rhythm is like, uh, whatever to me. But sometimes I'm like, okay, I, w- I want to write a more catchy song or something that has a different vibe other than my around 120 beats per minute sort of, you know, epic song, singer-songwriter type song. I want to do something different. Online drum loop machines, right? Because those of us who aren't drummers, it, it can be hard, right, to, to just have a, come up with a different rhythm. We're going to gravitate towards some of the same rhythms over and over and over again. And that might not be true for you. Maybe you're better with rhythms than, than I am. But uh, the idea is, is, especially ones that don't come natural to you, right? So let's say when you grew up, you mostly played, you learned classically, right? And you never really did any jazz piano, we'll say. But you want to write a jazzy song, right? You might not even know how to like think in jazz. But you know what fixes that? Finding a jazz online drum loop machine. You know, put it on the jazz setting, an online drum loop, jazz setting. And now... Most of us can match vibe with a rhythm if it's already given to us, right? If we hear the rhythm, we can fit the vibe that it's giving us. But coming up with it on our own can be hard. Good thing, again, the internet exists. So you can just go get a drum loop. And by go get a drum loop, I mean, like, there's literally, like, onlinedrumloop.com, I think, or something that, like... You don't even have to get one. It's just in your web browser. You don't have to download anything, nothing. You just like choose a, a tempo and you choose a style, right? Like you, you might have, you know, salsa style or some, some whatever, whatever style, right? I, I don't know if this, I forget, is salsa an, an actual like genre thing or is it just for dance? Because I know salsa is a dance. I don't know. Let me know in the comments. I'm having a, it's late at night. When I'm recording this. So I'm blanking. But anyway. Bonus reason. I said there'd be three. I lied. Here's a fourth one real quick. You tried too hard to get it right the first time. Here's the reality. More often than not. With anything writing. You don't get it right the first time. If you improvise a melody. The first one's probably not going to be the right one. When you write down a lyric. The first one you write down. Is probably not going to be the right one. Right? Like. Writing is editing. It's not stream of consciousness, right? We don't stream of consciousness just happen to write a great song. That, that generally does not happen. So stop trying so hard to get it right the first time. Nobody cares and will ever know how good your song was on the first pass, right? Nobody will know how bad the first version of your first verse lyric is. Nor do they care for that matter. The end product is the only thing that matters, So don't spend all this time worrying about like, oh, I got to get it right the first time as if all your friends and family are behind you looking at your computer screen or your notebook, wherever you're writing lyrics, for example, and they're going to judge you based on the thing you write. Like they're expecting it to be brilliant and and you're like, don't, 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 don't look. This is, don't see this, right? Like nobody's going to see that. Nobody cares. If the end of the day, the lyrics are good and everything else is good, that's all that matters. So don't try too hard to get it right the first time. And lastly, we're talking about why is songwriting so hard, right? Last point I want to make is most songs take months 
to finish, in my experience. You see a lot of ridiculous posts online, in my opinion, that are like, you know, you have to learn to write 30 songs in 30 days and like write a full song in half an hour and all these stupid challenges, which, you know, could be good, right? Like I've, I've considered doing one just, just to sort of force the issue and get the, the creative juices flowing. Right. But like, sometimes they pretend like that's a sustainable thing and it actually results in good stuff. Right. Like that's the standard that we should go for. Right. This idea of like we should write a song every day. Like you can you can write a song every day, but you're probably going to write a million horrible, trash, awful songs. And if you think about it, even people who do this professionally, right, whoever your favorite artist is, probably at most they have one 12 song album every two years. A lot of them now do like 10 song albums every three or four years. But we'll assume more towards the high end. 12 songs, two years. That's six songs a year, which gives you two months, assuming no overlap, which of course songwriting tends, there's a lot, there should be a lot of overlap. You should be writing a bunch of songs at the same time, not just concentrating on one. Don't do that. But that still averages out to two months of undivided attention per song. And these are professionals. They don't have day jobs. They don't have any, right? Your favorite artist probably is is somebody that does not have a day job. Their job is literally to travel from one place to another, play a show, maybe talk to the radio for a bit. And then when they're not on tour, they literally are home and can write whenever they want. Right. And even on tour, they, they can write while the bus is moving, right? Like, Like, they're not exactly putting in eight-hour days every day, the way that you and I may be. And they still can only are held to, at most, one song, on average, one song every two months. So why this delusion of, like, oh, I'm I'm going to write, like, 100 songs this year? Why? Why? The only thing you're measured by to some extent, is your greatest hits. Now, I mean this in two ways. One, the semi-unfortunate reality is, with any artist, pretty much, nobody actually measures them on their discography unless you're an actual fan of them. But the average person judges them based off of the three singles from them they've heard, right? The amount of times that I've heard, oh, yeah, I love Vertical Horizon, everything you want, right? Like, that's that's one song. That's a song everybody knows, that doesn't mean you like Vertical Horizon. I love Vertical Horizon, but I like have literally spent more of my life listening to Vertical Horizon albums than like all of the TV shows I've watched combined. Probably that sadly it might, might actually be true, but like, but the reality is that people will be like, "Oh yeah, I like that artist because those two songs, right?" Like, "Oh, I love Bon Jovi, Living on a Prayer," and "You Give Love a Bad Name," right? Like, those are two songs. They probably put out, like, hundreds of songs by now. Nobody cares about those other songs. So first, that level. Second of all, even even people that do intimately care about your music, the only songs that matter are the ones they end up recording or performing, right? And what are you going to do? Have 100 songs that you perform each year, and then you just recycle them and have 100 more, right? Like, what what is this obsession with 
song count is worthless. It's worthless because tops, you're doing what, 12, 12 songs in a show. So you need 12 killer songs, not a hundred crappy songs because nobody wants to hear a hundred crappy songs. Nobody even wants to hear 12 crappy songs. So write 12 good songs. Anyway, little rant to end our time together. Don't go for numbers. Numbers does not matter. Write quality stuff. It's going to take some time, and that's okay. Doesn't mean you can't do these songwriting challenges just to sort of get the juices flowing. But don't do that with the expectation that, like, that's what a songwriter is, cranking out a song a day, and they're going to be good. Like, probably not. Let me know. What do you think? Which of these... Three reasons most affect you. You don't have a process, you don't know any music theory, and you aren't using the right tools. Which of these three do you think most adversely affects you and your songwriting? If you're on YouTube, leave a comment below. If you enjoy this content, I have a new podcast every single Monday, so be sure to subscribe and click the little notification bell if you want to know when the next videos come out. I've been doing this podcast for... A year and a half now, I believe this is episode 90 or 89. I'm just starting now to sort of commit to the YouTube thing, Um, but I do plan on doing other YouTube videos as well. It's all about teaching you to songwrite and specifically songwriting meaningful songs. So this is the right channel for you if you are somebody that wants to write meaningful what I like to call real songs and you're not like, oh, I just want to write a hit song. If you're the type of person that's like, oh, I just want to write a hit song, then this is not for you. Go to somebody else. That's not what I'm trying to teach you. I want to teach you a song to write music that you can be proud of that is genuinely good quality because I recognize that hits are hits and good music are often not the same. And I think that the right thing to do is aim for good music and then hopefully you get a hit. But at the end of the day, trying to produce a hit is counterproductive. It's just it's not going to happen. Also, it will destroy your soul in the meantime. Just side note. So anyway, thank you to all of you who have left reviews on iTunes. If you haven't already and you have found this podcast helpful, please do leave a review on iTunes. If you found this helpful and you're on YouTube, leave a comment below, drop a like, and I will talk to you next time.